Today, as I stop and consider our message, I can't help but wonder if you paid attention to the song that was just sang. Careless soul. You know, oftentimes we we go through our lives and we see from time to time those that we've loved go off into eternity. We see those that are saved by the grace of God ushered off into the very gates of heaven. that may be lost in this house today who have not the hope of others who have already gone their way. And I wonder if you ever consider where they're at tonight or today. I wonder if you ever think about those that have died in the Lord what they must be enjoying even now. And do you ever think about, will you have the same joys? Will you have the same excitement? You know, three weeks coming service, Homecomings are are meant for returns. It's meant for acquaintances reuniting, for loved ones who have maybe left a, a certain area or something like that, and they've come back home and to see those that have already you think about have stayed and. And I think about those today who have entered into that very place called heaven. And again, I mean, I've said and I've, I've prayed about this and I've prayed and asked the Lord, but do you really, do you really think about those that's gone on? I'm not trying to be someone who is just trying to get your emotions all stirred up. But I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I have the same hope of joy that they have? We've seen those that have gone off into eternity who knew the Lord as their Savior and have said such know that they've received the hope of the promise. That they even now have the joy and peace that passeth all understanding. 
peace that we can't even begin to imagine. We say that we have peace on this earth. There are times we sing of peace on earth. We do not know the real meaning of peace until we leave this earth and go to our long home in heaven. So I ask you today to consider those that's gone on before you. Maybe it's been a son or daughter or a grandparent. Maybe it's been a brother or sister or somebody that you've been close to. You remember the hope that they had. The peace in their passing because they knew they were homebound. Amen. I pray today that God will stir your hearts. I don't want to be guilty of trying to stir your heart myself, but I'm praying that God will stir your heart because that's when it makes a difference. So if you would, I'd like to turn your Bibles this evening or today to the book of Psalm in 138. Psalm in 138, and while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just a side of Greenham County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We do have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people known as Emmanuel. Today I bring a, a message that had been prepared many, many years ago. And I was sitting in my study this week and as I was going over some of the, some of the old messages that I had preached, I was looking at something in particular, one that I had never preached here before. But I pray that God will use it once again to the stirring of the hearts of lost, the lost around us. In Psalm 138 and verses 6, 7, and 8, the Bible says, Though the Lord be high, which is the title of our text today, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me, Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Again, I want to bring a message today simply entitled, Though the Lord be on high. Folks, I want you to know something today that he regards the state of the lowly. He regards the state of the contrite heart. He feels the sorrows and pains that this life brings about for the children of men. But as I sat and I thought about this thing called death, I thought of loved ones of mine own who have gone on. Times 
when my heart seemed to be overwhelmed with grief, I go back and I think about those that are enjoying the joys of heaven today. And though my heart be broken for my friends and loved ones who have gone before me, I still consider their joy. And I ask you today, do you have such a hope as that? Do you have such a hope that when you leave this life, you'll have joy unspeakable and full of glory? Folks, I've, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've sat at the side of many families down through the years who have watched their loved ones go off into eternity. And I've wondered at the joys that they must have felt the moment that their eyes closed in death here and they woke up there. Can you just imagine the the, the relief. Can you just imagine the, 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 the overwhelming joy of that great reunion day? I refer you to a scripture that is found in the New Testament in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And I think about this as maybe you might be even now you may have somebody on your mind that you know that have gone off into eternity. Your heart is broken because of that. Your heart is saddened. But the Bible tells those that are saved by the grace of God there is hope. There is something to look forward to. And he says in verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Now I understand from time to time when I'm preaching the message in a funeral home or a, or a church where there is a body laid at state and, and that loved one is, has gone off into eternity and those that are in the the sanctuary may be grieving with uncontrollable grief, and that's, that at times is, is understandable. I don't know about your situation, but I know I've been in situations where I have had to preach the funeral of those that have gone off without the Lord Jesus Christ, as far as we know, and it's a sad, sad time. It's a time when hearts are broken beyond measure because they know they'll never see that one again. Or vice versa, we see people that are that are unsaved in the in the in the auditorium where their loved one has died and they had a they had a, a an acclaim to salvation. They knew the Lord is their Savior. They were ushered off into the very place called heaven and there are those in the audience that are not saved and they, if they die in that position, they know they'll never see them again. Those are things that, that weigh heavy on a pastor's heart. To feel and to see the 
the discontentedness of those who are not saved by God's grace. Folks, I want you to know something today. There is hope in salvation. It's not just a, it's not just a hope as humanity looks at hope, but it is a, it is a real feeling of, of expectation. It is what First Peter calls a lively hope. Those that are born again and saved by the grace of God have a lively hope in knowing that when we leave this land, when we leave this earth, we're heaven bound, amen? That is hope. That's the hope that brings joy. That's the hope that makes passing from this life to the next not so, not so heavy. But yet, our hearts are broken. I, I'm not saying that that's not so. Our hearts are broken. My heart's been broken. I've sat and watched, uh, you know, my grand, my grandparents pass from this life to the next. I've watched my dad pass from this life to the next. I've watched him take his last breath and leave this earth and go to heaven. I watched as a brother left this life. Folks, I want you to know something. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking knowing that they're gone and we're, we're, we're seemingly left without their comfort, their hand to guide. But those that are saved, we have something to look forward to. We have the joys of that great reunion day coming in in the not so so distant future. So so here the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, don't sorrow as those that have no hope. Can you do that today? He didn't say not to be sorry at all. He didn't tell you not to cry. He didn't tell you not to be broken hearted and grieved. I've heard preachers get behind the pulpit and stand behind the, the coffin of a loved one that's gone on and, and they rebuke people for being heartbroken. That's wrong. We're human beings and our hearts are broke. But listen, to those that are saved by the grace of God, there's hope in our passing. There's hope in the passing of a loved one who has gone to heaven, who has trusted the Lord as their Savior. And it is a wonderful hope. The Bible goes on to say in verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. Now, you know, this is where a lot of people get this soul sleep stuff. But you got to get this. He says here that he's going to be bringing them with him. As he's speaking about that soul that's already gone on. And that body that's in the ground, yeah, it may be asleep. It may be laying there and, and, and doing its thing as, as it goes back to the dust of the earth. The Bible says those whom he, who already are in heaven who died in the Lord, who know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, those He's bringing back with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, we're not going to go before they do. We're not even going to be able to withstand their coming forth from the grave. 
For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Of course, you know we're speaking of here, we're speaking about the, about the resurrection of the saints and, and that catching away of God's children. Do you have the hope of being called home? Because verse 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Is it a comfort to you today to realize that heaven awaits the redeemed? That heaven awaits those that have trusted the Lord as their Savior, and upon their death their, their souls are entered into the very they're ushered into the very presence of God Almighty. Does that rejoice you? Can you say with joy unspeakable and full of glory that I'm looking forward to the day that I'm called to my heavenly home, to my long home, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 5 speaks of. That long home is a place of forever abode. It is a place of eternal bliss. For those that are redeemed, that is. You see, there is two long homes. There's a long home for the redeemed and there's a long home for those that, are, that have never trusted the Lord as their Savior. Which will you be entering? We go back and we think about that word uh, ignorant there in, in verse 13. He says, I would, but I would not have you to be ignorant. That means simply means I don't want you to be unknowing here. I want you to know the truth about what happens after death of the redeemed. Yes, our hearts may be broken. We may go back from time to time, even years after my granddad passed away. Listen, I, have, I had two granddads and, and both of them passed away when I was a young adult. But I grew up. I grew up under their under their teaching. One was an old coal miner out of, the, out of the hills of Floyd County and he came up here and became a pipe fitter. And one was a, a, a shipbuilder in, in World War II and he was a carpenter, a, a, a union carpenter out of Portsmouth. And I was brought up, both of them men teaching me different things of their trade. But another thing that they did teach me also was the way of life. My grandpa Lybrook was saved late in life. As a matter of fact, he was up, he was up near 80 years old before the Lord saved him. But I want you to know something. There was a legacy left. There was a hope that was left there when he passed from this life to the next. And when I watched him take his last breath as a young man, as I stood at his bedside in his home, I remember as my dad spoke to my, my grandmother and, and all of his sisters that were gathered there, he said, he's gone home. He's gone home. Folks, I want you to know something. That's something to think about. Do you have the same hope that when you leave this life, you're going home, you're going to heaven? Today, you know, I go back and I think about, 
I think about men that have that I've you know been able to sit and under the ministry and and I've watched them as they have trusted the Lord as their Savior, maybe not able to 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 be baptized because of their sickness or what have you. I remember three or four men in particular that that I was able to 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 watch them as they trusted the Lord as their Savior, but they never were able to come to the house of God to be baptized before their death. And I heard a man say one day, he said, well, the people like that go to hell. No. As Brother Jim stated this morning, that baptism has nothing to do with our, with our new life, our eternal life. It shows what has already took place. But listen, I want you to know something. There is, a, there is an act of God that happened and when they trusted the Lord as their Savior, they were as much heaven bound today as you are right now as you sit in this house. They were born again. I remember men like Brother Luke felt as as I was sitting in the hospital one day and and we I, I, I was always visiting down there and I remember Sister Bessie, she would when I would come, she would just up and you you wouldn't see her until I left and then she'd be coming back in the house. But me and me and Mr. Luke felt it would sit there and I would sit there and I would tell him about Jesus. He was a sick man. He was bad shape. But I never saw him trust the Lord as his Savior then. But I remember one evening as I was going to the hospital at Belfont and Sister Bessie was coming down and of course she wasn't saved at that time but she said, I think Luke wants to talk to you about something. Something happened today. And that's all she said. And she just kept, she kept going on her way. Something happened today. And I went in and I, I spoke to Luke and I said, Hey, how you doing today? He said, I want you to know something. He said, I'm saved. He said, I've trusted the Lord as my Savior. He said, I'm trusting Him today. That night, the Lord took him home. I'll never forget that. There are other moments that I that I have that I've witnessed that you know I I'm just so thankful that God saved them because their family needs to know that there's hope. There's a heaven awaiting those of the redeemed and. Today, that's where they're at. And if you want to see them ever again, you've got to be saved by the grace of God. You've got to trust the Lord just like they did. Just like they did. And I've seen other men who have trusted the Lord as their Savior. I never was able to see them in the house of God to be baptized because of their sickness, but they, nonetheless, they were saved by God's grace. They knew exactly what what is what it was to be saved and and on their way to heaven. You know, I go back and I think about this text of Psalm one thirty eight, and and though the Lord be be on high, He's able to save tonight, today, right here where you're at. So the first thing I want you to think of today, and we just have about 20 or so minutes left, I want you to think about this now. 
I want you to know that there's a promise to the humble here. In verse 6, the first part of it in, in our text of Psalm 138, the Bible says, Though the Lord be high, yet hath He respect unto the lowly. Brother Jim brought that out very well this morning about that old publican, didn't he? That's who God was, who, had, who He had respect for. He had respect for that one of a contrite heart, a broken heart, a, a humble heart, one that was ready to, to meet the Lord. Folks, I want you to know today that that's, that's a way of salvation. God comes to those of a humble heart. You know what it takes to be humble? To realize you're a sinner and on your way to a devil's hell. To realize that you have nothing of yourself to offer God except coming to Him and trusting Him as your Savior. The one thing that God loves is a, is a person who is humble. You see, there are those that God reaches down and touches. In Psalm 34 and verse 18, the Bible says, The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as of a contrite spirit. Humbleness, my friend, is the beginning of a saved heart. I mean... When you stop and consider who are you that God would even consider you, that's, that's the beginning of humility. That's the beginning of where you need to be in order to be saved by God's grace. You know, as I said, and I, I, I think of, again, I consider these that have gone on to heaven. I consider loved ones who have gone on and I think about where they're at today because they humbled themselves before the mighty King before the great God of heaven. We have a promise of eternal life such as our loved ones relied upon. Do you have that promise? Do you, do you hold to that promise today? Think about it. Think about where your loved ones are today. Do you, do you have the, the same hope of that promise that they, that they shared in? Do you have the same hope that, that John chapter 3 verse 15 and 16 offers those that come unto Him? He says that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're not talking about the physical perishing here. We're talking about the spiritual perishing. Where do you stand today? Have you remembered today that voice of that loved one who has gone on? Maybe they sat and they told you, I'll be all right. You know why they knew that? Why they were able to say that? Because they trusted in the one on high. They trusted in His salvation. Romans in chapter 1 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul made it very clear that he wasn't ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it was the power of God unto salvation to those that believeth. Do you believe today? That's what happens to our loved ones who die in the Lord. They believed and they have that promise of a home in heaven. They have that promise. 
Now secondly, I want you to think about this. We see a promise to the afflicted. To you and I who are left behind here. To those that are afflicted with the devil's curse. The affliction of sin that rests upon each and every soul that's born into this world. God gives a promise to those and He promises that He'll take away your sin. He promises that He will pay your sin debt in full. And folks, that's the promise that those that die in the Lord understand very well right now without a doubt. They received that promise that their sins were forgiven. Their sins were as far as the, the east is from the west. Their sins were cast in behind the back of God. Into the sea of forgetfulness. You say, is it possible that God should forget? I know what His Word says, that He'll remember your sins no more. That's a promise from God. I remember, I know that He says, I will remember their sins no more. Folks, do you have that promise tonight or today? Do you have that promise right now? The promise that your loved ones died with? That left them with the ability to close their eyes here and open their eyes there? Verse 7 tells it. Listen. Sin and death is passed upon all men. Because the Bible plainly states that there's an appointed time for each and every one of us. The question today is are you ready for that appointment? Are you ready for that appointed time? Hebrews 9.27 says, It's appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. You know, you stop and think about that for just a moment. The children of God, when they die, and you think about the Bema Seat of Christ, you think about how our works are going to be tried, our sins have already been tried under the blood of Christ. They're not going to be brought up. You see, that's something that the redeemed are blessed with as well in their death and their passing. They know that their sins have already been dealt with. The wrath of God has already been poured out upon His only Son to pay your sin debt. So yes, you're standing there today. Those that have died and gone to heaven are standing there knowing that when they got there, their sins were all under the blood. Even the righteous will be afflicted in death. But you know, you go back to Psalm 23. The Bible says we've got a traveling companion. Amen. Sister Debbie had an aunt passed one one late evening and I'll never forget this because I was out with her stepson outside and 
And we was there to try to console and be a blessing, but yet, is that dear old lady, she hadn't been saved long, and she was older, she was up in her age too, and Lord had just saved her just prior to that, maybe two or three years. Sister Debbie was there at her bedside, and she was the only one in there. And Miss Goldie, she would start raising and raising her hand. As she would raise her hands, it was almost as if she was saying, I'm here. What was it you were singing to her? Amazing Grace? And there was a calm that came over her as her hands laid down. As Amazing Grace was being sung to her, she went off into glory. She just closed her eyes here and opened up there in glory. Folks, do you have that kind of hope? Do you have that kind of uh, of peace that passeth all understanding, realizing that if if I come to the place of death, I've got a companion that's going with me. You know, I don't know. You know, you know, you hear all kinds of stories. But I'll tell you what I've seen. People that have been saved by the grace of God as they reach just prior to their passing. And you have to think about that shepherd. You have to think about that one who says, I'll go through the valley of the shadow of death with you. In Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Folks, I want you to know something. You got a traveling companion today if you're saved by the grace of God. When that time comes, he says, I'll I'll be with thee. Hebrews chapter 13, the Bible tells us very plainly there, listen, he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Brother Jim talked this morning of the Holy Spirit and and how he he comes in. He's never going to leave us. We have that companion that's always going to be by our side. I'm thankful today to know that that God, I'm thankful today to know that Jesus, I'm thankful to know today that the Holy Spirit gives me the hope of the hereafter. Folks, I don't know about you, but I, I thank God for that knowledge. Do you have that hope today? Do you have the hope of salvation that will take you right to the very presence of of the feet of the Savior? Folks, those that have gone on before us that died in the Lord, they, they they knew that hope. They understood that hope and they experienced that hope. They experienced it. I'm thankful today for that. We not only have a traveling companion, but we have a victor over death. 
the great enemy. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51 down through verse 57 speaks about that, that triumphant time when the redeemed, we have a victor over death. And it's all because of what Jesus Christ done for us on the cross of Calvary. Now lastly, I want you to think about this as we get ready to come to a close. In Psalm 138 and 8, the Bible promises us the salvation of God in a home in heaven. He will perfect that which concerneth me. Our salvation is made perfect through the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that today? As I've said, you know, I've been here for over 18 years and I've seen a lot of funerals in my day. People in the community that have loved the Lord, who have died in the Lord. I go back and I think about other, I think about all kinds of people, I tell you, but I think about those people who have trusted the Lord. I think about Ellie Riffett. I think about some of these others that have died in the Lord. Another old gentleman died in the Lord. He was he was a man that Brother Manuel, when he first came here, me and me and him went to his home and we began to witness Mr. John Flannery as he laid upon his deathbed. Brother Manuel helped me. We built a, built a ramp to get him in and out of his home so they'd go to the doctors. Didn't, he never did make it out of his home. But I remember as he lay there on that bed, and as he had trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, that's the hope that I had. Sometimes that's the only hope you have. You say, well, do you really believe in deathbed confessions? Yes, I do. You just ask the old thief on the cross. Amen. Just hours, just, just hours before his death. Listen, the Lord said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So do I believe in deathbed confessions? Yes, I do. You know, I've heard people say, well, those, some people are just so bad and they've been so cruel all their lives. But listen, know this, that God's still in the saving business. And it doesn't matter what point of life that you're in, whether it's, whether it's just at the age of accountability or if it's just moments before your last breath. As long as you've got breath in you, there's hope. Amen. There's salvation that can be had. Let me ask you today, do you have that hope? Do you know that hope? Do you know the promise of the hereafter? He, he will perfect that which concerneth me. Whether you were saved young in life or you were saved just before your passing, God's salvation is perfect to anyone who takes a hold of it. 
Our salvation is made perfect through the Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 9, 11 through 15, it talks about the precious blood that, that covers our sins. And for, folks, because of His perfect salvation, we are promised a home in heaven when we leave this life. Now, is that your hope? Is that something you can rest in? I'll tell you this right now. Those that die in the Lord, they understand exactly what I'm saying. Just before they're passing, they're looking for that home. They're looking for that home. We have seen folks that have laid in their bed as they sang. Sister Alice Stevens was one of those that sang... In her last in her last breaths as she was getting ready to go to heaven, she was singing the praises of God. I think about Tuck Clark. All evening that evening he sang Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. You know, those that are redeemed, they, they can do that. Do you have that promise today? Do you know that promise of eternal life? Do you know that there's a home in heaven awaiting you? John chapter 17, when Jesus Christ was praying on our behalves, He said something that I feel is important. It's found here in verse 24, where the Bible says, Father, I will that they also whom Thou hast given me be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Where is he? He's in heaven. Brother Jim said this morning, Where's the Savior? Where's Jesus? He's on the right hand of the Father right now. And you know what he's doing? He's making intercession for you and I that are saved. If you're not saved, you don't have that. But that's the one thing that you need more than anything because we do not know when that appointed time's coming to any of us. Do you have hope in salvation? Do you have hope of that home that John chapter 14 speaks of? Where he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. That's when hope comes in. That's when peace will finally settle in your heart when you realize that He died for you on the cross of Calvary. Do you have that today? Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Folks, I tell you, there's a promise to the redeemed in their death. That number one, their sins have been all forgiven. Number two, they're going to have a companion that goes through them, with them all the way. And number three, you're going to have that home that's been promised. You see, today that's where the redeemed of the Lord are. They're in heaven. They're awaiting. They're awaiting the arrival of their loved ones. The saints of God who have gone on are awaiting you today to come. 
The Bible speaks of it in one case where in Revelation where those asked the question, how long, Lord? How long? No, I don't know. I have no window in heaven, but I know there's a window in hell. Because the Bible says that the rich man lifted up his eyes, being in torment, he could see. He could see Lazarus afar off. Folks, I want you to know something today. I don't know about no window to heaven, from heaven, but I do know this. I know the saints are awaiting our arrival. Are they awaiting yours? Are they awaiting your your time of coming? I hope that you're ready for that time. And I hope today that you know the Lord is your Savior. May God today save souls and save lives.